This TFMR podcast is brought to you by your friends at JM Bullion. Visit jmbullion.com for all your gold and silver bullion needs. Well, greetings once again to everybody at good old TFMR. It is uh, Wednesday, the 28th, as we record today's Thursday conversation. And boy, oh boy, do we have a treat. Uh, One of our oldest friends going back to the Watchtower days and even before is Ned Naylor Leyland. Ned, of course, head of gold and silver and a fund manager at Jupiter Asset Management in London. Um, And like I said, I'm just a pleasure to consider him a friend. My whole family, the whole Ferguson family, as it were, uh, was able to share a cocktail with Ned a few years back uh, down in this, actually in London. And so it's, it's just, it was a pleasure to make his acquaintance. Then it's a pleasure to call him a friend now. Ned, thank you so much for your time. Don't be silly. What a pleasure. And I'm sorry we haven't done it for a while, but um, great to catch up. Well, you're only slightly busy for God's sake. Um, uh, yes. Uh, the day job does take up some of my time, but um, obviously it's fully dedicated to the same subject. Uh, yours is. So, um, you know, pleased to discuss it all, even though potentially, we might have hoped by now that we had rather better market conditions. Yeah. Well, then that's, I guess, the uh, the the reason for getting in touch now, because this has been uh, such a doozy of a five months. I, I was just, I mean, looking at the GDX chart yesterday. I mean, it's been cut in half, half in five months, half. Uh, I feel like, remember the old skit of Eddie Murphy talking about, you know, why he never wants to get married because he has to give away half and the look on his face. And that's what's happened to us. Um, we're going to get into that, Ned, and and where we go from here. But we got, I think, maybe a hint today, the 28th of where we go from here, um, with what some are calling capitulation, maybe a little too strong of a word for what happened today. But uh, the Bank of England throwing up their hands and, and reversing course and doing everything to uh, halt what seemed to be getting rather disorderly guilt market and trading in the pound. What... Uh, from your side of the pond, uh, what do you have to say about all this? Well, I mean, I, I was recently in Argentina and Uruguay, actually, on a sales trip. And I said back then, that was sort of three weeks ago, that we're, we're entering emerging market currency status already. Um, I think it was quite obvious back then that that, that was the direction of travel. Uh, I, suppose that, I, I suppose the big surprise for international investors is more that you know, the pound sterling, which of course was originally to do with silver, is the longest standing um, um, uh, uh, currency variant or credit money variant issued by a central bank. So I think, you know, there's more shock uh, than there probably should be in terms of the, the bigger picture. But I mean, what's happened today, as far as I can see, is, um, you know, a lot of the risk in the system got moved out of the banks into the shadow banks um, and, the what what are called uh, liability driven investors. So a lot of the, the the longer term sort of pension fund style investors have taken on more risk than they can handle through the swaps market. Mm-hmm. And so I think the bailout specifically is directed at them. Um, these kinds of things generally don't work, as you know. So um, we're in for an interesting few weeks. I mean, it does feel like we're we're entering the eye of the hurricane at the moment. It's a very interesting time to talk to you actually because. For about a year, it's felt very um, quiet. You know, market behaviour, despite what's been going on, has really been so robust, whether that's in equities or in FX, which, of course, you know, is where the big 
excitement, so far as we're all concerned, takes place. But, you know, you see the euro, sterling and dollars all trading at the same level and all that paper money issued with the Queen's head on it all around the world having to be withdrawn. It does, we do feel like we're in a bit of an, um, let's say, a moment of, of, of plenty of coincidences that are colliding to do with the monetary system. And sterling is one small component of it, but it's interesting to see the domino reaction that was you saw through risk assets today, you know, the fact that that, that was um, affecting other global asset classes is a surprise to me that anything that happens here would would feed through. But speaking to my my fixed interest gurus, we have a guy here who's just absolutely brilliant and has the most incredible track record in macro fixed interest investing. And by the way, actually, I showed him two weeks ago, I showed him Luke Grumman's uh, uh, most recent sort of alert where he was saying this is on now and he laid out how he thought it would happen and yeah. um and the guy downstairs was like i have to say that guy absolutely nailed it you know in terms of what's going on hmm. it's, this is all very much in play and it does feed our asset class in due course um but not until the the bond markets observation on forward dollars um shifts so while Sterling's doing it and everything else, at the moment, you know, what we're still waiting for is that 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 bond market view on rates and inflation three to ten years out. Until that shifts, we're still sort of getting um steamrolled backwards and forwards several times, which is tiresome. Yes, to say the least. But again, not to uh, gloss over what's going on um in the UK, but this is it aren't these markets aren't this the same problem everywhere? I mean, aren't global banks yes. and global pension funds in the same position? The U.S., I guess I should be more specific, banks and pension funds in the same position that your banks and pension funds are? Is it? Does that not just trickle down to, is that not just a, a well, precursor uh, of what's going to happen here? Well, I think it's a precursor, but I think until um, until you do get that reversal in terms of the bond market's view on on on, on forward rates and forward inflation, whether that's driven by a pivot or or something in the plumbing going pop there rather than here, um, probably you know not directly, but everywhere except the US certainly is in a very very dangerous position. I mean, I was just speaking to some sales guys and trying to explain to them the whole pitch that we've been looking at for me for well certainly for me for over 20, 20 years now in the in a 15, 20 minute slot. And, you know, what, what's obvious and wasn't the case two weeks ago is that finally it is, it is about FX. You know, finally, finally, we've got to the point where um, I, I describe it as like a book. You know, you've got the, the page on, you know, open it up. You've got the page on the left, which is, which is FX or fiat FX. On the right, you've got raw materials. The mm -hmm. binding of the book is gold and silver because gold and silver exist in both arenas. Um, and is the effectively the support for the whole book. Uh, and finally, the left-hand side where FX is, which has been as dull as ditch water for 40 years since 1980, you know, it's it's starting to smoke hard. Um, now, we all knew this was going to happen. And yes, well, will that feed into the dollar? Of course, absolutely. Um, but the fact that it's actually smoking in the first place, I think, is, is the thing for us to take some um, confidence from. Because before we've always made the same observation, but you never saw any of that, and now and now you do. And are you with me on this uh, notion? And do we get a hint of it uh, today with the BOE that I mean everybody plays all hawkish, 
and oh yes, we are the responsible monetary masters, and we're going to you know ring out all the inflation we caused that said was that we said was transitory as recently as twelve months ago. Um, we're going to play these rhetorical games, but in the end of the day, you know, we're going to do everything we can to keep the plate spinning, and that the next round of rate cuts and QE is going to melt your eyebrows. Well, well, I'm going to be consistent here. Now it's been a while since we last spoke, but I'm very confident that I would have said then what I'm going to say now, which is no, I, I don't agree with that. Um, but that's n- a n- definitely a non-consensus view. I mean, you know, the market certainly believes that as and when they do, once they pushed it too hard, then yes, that will lead to um, uh, substantially more uh, support in all, all different forms, actually, through through the monetary system, fiscal, everything. Uh, my view is more directed towards the comment I made earlier about, you know, you've got one for one for one with sterling dollars, euros, all the Queen's money being removed. This all feels very much like a a moment that the supranational bodies such as the, you know, United Nations World Bank, um, World Economic Forum, et cetera, might like to consolidate the existing system. So my, my personal view is, I would like what you said to be the case, because if they catch it again and do that, then our asset class will go on a very a relatively slow moving, but a very vertical um, uh-huh. environment. And all the people who don't invest in our asset class institutionally through the alternatives buckets will start to allocate one by one, they'll start to come in. So it's very much, you know, what you're saying there would be incredibly supportive over a, over a long time frame of our our area. Um, I tend to think this is more looking more like a crash and reset setup. I think it's it suits the the larger agendas better to let it go and then provide a new um, structural solution. I'm being trying to be generous with my wording here. Yeah. So I'm not convinced. I mean, certainly what you said is the is what most people expect. I'm just not sure that that's really what will end up happening. Um, while having said that, of course, what you saw today is an example of that. I'm not convinced that the US or, um, you know, when the plumbing blows properly, you know, we've seen some of the plumbing go today in the UK and they've come in and supported it. You know, whether that happens for what are called systemically important financial institutions, the big hedge funds that provide mm-hmm. the credit system, et cetera. I'm not convinced about that. I don't think that will happen. But that is, like I say, a, very much a contrarian, non-consensus view. So, you know, God's sake, don't position yourself according to anything I'm saying. Well, I, I would I would further amend that, I guess, my friend, in that uh, you and I see the same end result but you just think we are closer to that end result than I am. I just suspect that the banks are ready to give it one more go to keep the plate spinning as long as they can, where you think maybe uh, we're already at the terminal stage. Would that well, be a better? I've been, I've been monumentally wrong on timing throughout my career. Well, me too. So, so, so hopefully you're right and I'm wrong. Cause like I say, in terms of, if you own, if you own gold and silver mining equities, which of course are really a form of open-ended call options, as long as you've got. Uh, yeah. So mm-hmm. long as you distribute your risk, um, you know, owning those through a rumbling, you know, um, support program of a of a few years until we get into a central bank digital currency mainframe would be a very, very good outcome. So I would like that to be the case. I suppose I'm talking against myself, hoping that I'll be wrong. In a way. <laughs> like, 
like taking the opposite side of the bet that you want because yeah. you know you've just been so wrong. Like I do that in football all the time, American football. Like you know, I, I I'm going to start a, a wagering site, Ned, where uh, I give my picks so people know what not to do, yeah. um, rather than touting you know how my brilliant handicapping record. Um, anyway. Uh, in your our remaining time, because Ned is a very busy man and has uh, lots of other things to do, but I, I we've got to talk about the shares in general, at least. Uh, I mentioned earlier this five month odyssey sojourn we've been on of watching the GDX get cut in half, and many other shares do far worse than that. It's like the smaller the market capitalization, the worse they've done. Um, in general, Ned, uh, is there? I phrase it this way, you know, back when we were watching all this from 14 to 18, we used to watch kind of a physical floor in the paper price. I remember it seemed like silver had a physical floor at 14. Uh, gold had a physical floor, you know, down at 1250, something like that. Is there, and that affected the mining shares too, because you couldn't really drive price below there because, you know, all of a sudden, you know, less supply comes out of the mines as well. And so all these things are connected. Um, are we close to that, those levels, you know, adjusted for inflation, if you were for 2022 or, uh, are there, I mean, do you still sense that there's uh worse to come again, even after being down 50%? Well, so I think that there probably is a floor somewhere near here, but, but not for the reason that you suggested. So okay. as we, as we've discussed before, you know, my, 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 my views of how all this works has changed quite a lot over the years. And, you know, I see it as being really almost entirely to do with the foreign exchange channel rather than to do with, um, you know, you've got to remember that 90% of turnover has got nothing to do with physical and, and, and mining right. is, is a small component of the small physical market. So I just don't think that's how it works at all. So no, I, I don't think that the marginal cost of production has anything to do with it. If, I, I mean, you know, silver would go to fall as far as I'm concerned based on, on real rates, but, but because of real rates in the US, where they are right now, I think there's a flaw because I think that if you pick apart real rates and say, well, right, so forward interest rate expectations and forward inflation expectations, well, forward inflation expectations are that inflation will come all the way back down over the next two years. And forward rate expectations is that rates will continue to go up a fair bit more than they are. And while they'll come down a little bit, they're going to stay elevated. Now, you know, I don't see that as being something that can be jawboned much more hawkish than that. You know, that 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 for me is actually why there's a flaw more than having anything to do with the marginal cost of production, which I just don't think is is really how it works. So, yes, I do think that we're pretty close to being as far as we can on that, um, because unless Powell came out and said, actually, stick on another couple of hundred basis points on interest rate expectations. I would say that it's, it's very richly priced, the, mm -hmm. the real rates environment. So so I, for me, there is a flaw, but for that reason, rather than to do with any kind of marginal um, product. Now, of course, silver, by the way, is, is a bit different, as you know, because there is no float. So there, there is an argument that if, if silver goes low enough that some of the mining companies stop producing, which I think is still a few dollars below where we are here, by the way. That's yeah. Um, so I'm kind of getting at. Yeah. I think, I think, I think in gold, I don't think it's relevant at all. I think in silver, yes, I, you can make that argument. Although I don't think we've ever seen it in our careers where you've really seen that actually feed through into pricing. So, um, 
you know, potentially, but it's, you know, still super interesting. It has been for a month or so. It looks kind of, it looks in play, whether you're looking at um, implied lease rates or, or ETF holdings or backwardation or, yeah. or simply the price action, whereby we've been relatively strong, strong compared to gold in an environment where it wouldn't be obvious that that should have happened. Actually, that's the most important thing, in fact, the fact that actually not only are these structural things observable, but in fact, absent the last few days, we've actually had silver trending better, um, which I think is a form of confirmation of the tightness of the silver market. Uh, but broadly, no, it's for me, it's, it's always real race. Well, and, and I agree. I, I guess, um, yeah, I mean, you are famous. You were the first person I knew to coin the phrase, you know, the, uh, the spot or um, the uh, futures tail wagging the spot dog. Yes. Um, but we have seen in the past where that, you know, price <clears throat> bifurcates where the paper market, you know, sells off to 12, like it did in 2020, March of 2020, but the, you know, the physical market, you still couldn't buy any physical metal less than 24. Sure. And and that gap it invariably kind of closes again, meaning that there is kind of a an area below which they can't take it, um, yes. in, in a sense. But that's I guess I I don't I I, I don't want to go there because you also, may... there is also an area they can't take real rates. Remember, well, because yeah, yes. if they do, they're going to crash the credit market and everything else. So so you know there are two. T- it's true in both ways. Um, but like everything in our area, you know, one of the great problems is because you don't have genuine visibility on the physical market and what the banks yes. are up to. You know, we we can sit here going round and round in a circle chasing our tail, let leave alone the dog and the spot and the tail right. and everything else. You know, <laughs> ultimately we get we get whiffs of 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 aroma from the banking system, and we see positioning here and positioning there, but sadly we have to get price confirmation for all of this. All right. You've, you've led me. I have to ask you one last question because you made me think of this while you were talking uh, and then we'll wrap up this, this notion of silver copper as well, leaving the vaults in London. I'm sure you've been, you've seen some of these stories and collateral issues, how much copper was used as collateral uh, financing collateral in China. Um, Do you sense, do you have the sense of kind of looming physical commodity shortages? Well, so that's, um, I think, one of the least observed uh, problems in the current financial market condition, which is, you know, inflation expectations are to, to, to dribble away and drop, which, you know, everybody listening to this will be, you know, pulling faces, even me saying it. But one of the reasons why I think it's truly silly is 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 the level of inventories in in all raw materials so yeah, not yeah. just in the ones you mentioned but across the board and and with you know well, now i'm not i was going to say something to do with the pipeline being blown up i'm not sure it'll be very popular mm-hmm. with respect to your to your listenership but in terms of um what's going on between uh us europe and russia at the moment and um the, the posturing that's going on and some of the behavior that we've noticed in the last day or so um, the likelihood of escalation there leading to a, a genuine problem due yes. to the lack of inventory is massively mispriced. There is no doubt in my mind that that is a problem. Yes. Um, and I think it's something that people aren't talking about. And I try and press that upon on my colleagues. And generally when I do, they do look at me and go, ooh, yeah. Hmm. Then they but, go off somewhere else. But yeah, meanwhile, but then they, they they go and listen to what the goons say, as you put it. Yeah, you put it, yeah. And uh-huh. they're like, oh, it's fine. 
But it is definitely uh, a worse thing. It's, you have sensed that same thing, though. You've seen uh, that's on your radar as well. Oh, absolutely. It's, yeah. it's very clear that any kind of further supply side disruption here, which is extremely likely, in my opinion, it's only an opinion, yeah. um, will cause um, a huge move higher again. It has to. Yeah. All right. I know you got to go. Um, let's do this again, though, soon. Promise? Absolutely. Pinky I, promise, absolutely. Ned. Pinky promise. Absolutely promise. I look forward to it. All right, my friend. Keep fighting the fight for us, would you please? And... Um, and keep us posted. You you hear anything? You see anything funky going on over there? You let me know. All right. Absolutely, I will do. And and all the best to everybody at your end. Uh, thank you, and and the same back at you. And 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 again, thank you for your time, and thank you everybody for listening. I know this has been pretty helpful stuff. Uh, good to have Ned on our side. Ned, thank you. Thanks everybody for listening. We'll have another Thursday conversation for you next week. <laughs> <laughs>